There's oil in them there hills. This is where the money is. Hey everybody, I'm Mark Reith here with Tyler Crow. It's a Thursday edition of Where the Money Is, so that means we're talking energy. And today, we're taking a deep dive into oil. It's a topic I personally don't know much about, but you seem to be an expert. I'll do my best. Oh, I don't gosh. want to say expert. You know, expert really gives that weird thing. They'll put me on CNBC and right. I'll have to say stupid things later on. In right. Life. Good. I, re- I really like the confidence here. It's great. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get started. Looking at the price of oil today, uh, WTI is at like $94. I think Brent's at about 98 maybe even 99 uh, Looking at the price of oil, what's driving it these days? Well, I mean, to say there's one or two things that drives the price of oil, it, it's silly because there are literally hundreds of things that are going on in the global oil markets that factor it. Mm. So, you know, if we want to just kind of go high level and look at, you know, some of the things that are propping it up, propping it down, things that are making it go down right now is we have an increasing supply, especially coming from the United States. Mm. If we look at but since 2012, the United States has increased its total oil production by almost a third, actually even more than a third. Wow. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And it, it, right now we're pretty much neck and neck with Russia and Saudi Arabia for the largest oil-producing nation in the world. Hmm. You know, somewhere right around 10 million barrels per day. It's really, really large number. And then if you kind of, on the other side, of it, if you look at the demand side, we're kind of seeing a little bit of a waning demand uh, in uh, gasoline, uh, gasoline or oil products. Hmm. You know, consumption in the United States has kind of, has been a bit of a structural decline for the past couple of years as we have more efficient cars coming on the road, things like that. Right. And then there's kind of the seasonal things. If you look at, there's some economic malaise in the world. You've got China waning demand. They're not growing as much as they thought they would lately. You know, Europe's kind of teetering on that. Are we going back into a recession again sort of thing? Mm-hmm. So those two things are like the big overall trends. Then there's the smaller things. You know, you've got the political conflicts here, the sanctions there, all that other stuff. You add it all together and eventually you come up with a number. So. Interesting. Okay, so uh, I understand that the price of oil is important, but why does it matter to, to me? Why does it matter to an investor? Sure. Uh, think of the oil and gas industry kind of like a pond, you know, a very calm palm and mm. pond. And whenever the price of oil changes, it's like a drop that hits that and it sends ripples across the entire pond. Good metaphor. It's very deep. Ah, no, I like that. And, you know, anybody that has direct contact with the product, you know, you, you have your refiners, your producers, your retail marketers, it's going to ha- see a significant impact on their margins because mm-hmm. it, you know, it's either going to be a higher feedstock cost or lower or the producers, you know, aren't getting as much for their pr- realized price on their products. I mean, it is, after all, a commodity. You can't sell premium crude oil. It, in you general try. sense, you yeah. can try, but you know, wrap it in a diamond-studded barrel or mm. something like that. I don't know. I buy it. So as that happens, you have that, and then if you even look further out, you've got like the suppliers and the contractors and things like that. They will be affected by the spending habits of those people that are in direct contact with the oil. So mm-hmm. you know, producer for a couple of years sees low oil prices, they're going to go. I don't want to spend a lot of money right now. So then after that, you've got your oil services, your contract people. They're not going to be getting contracts, and they're going to look a little weak. And the ripples keep on growing. It just keeps on going. That's a beautiful metaphor. Okay, so what are some misconceptions about the price of oil? Sure. I, th- I think one of the 
biggest injustices that the media gives to the price of oil is they present it as this very black and white situation. It's like prices are going up. Oh my God, it's going to be great for oil companies and everybody's going to pay out the ear for gasoline. Or right. if it's falling, we're headed for a recession or right. some, something like that. But it's way, way more nuanced as that. I mean, anybody that looks at business knows that nothing is that simply black and white. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the number is always the number that we always get Brent pretty much it's like the one that whenever they you see it on the stock tickers or whatever you know nightly news does their quick recap where they show the you know they'll show the Dow Jones the S&P and then they'll show Brent right but Brent is just a price of a barrel of crude oil that comes out of the North Sea off the coast of Scotland hmm and if if you're going to say the entire world of oil is judged on what comes out of Scotland I mean, it, it seems a little crazy, right? Scotland's been a little up in the air recently. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, just, let's give a, a great example of that. I mean, it, it's not a global product, and so we have very large variances. And I think a great example of that was what we saw in the United States over the past three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a chart that's going to come up in just a couple seconds. It shows the price between Brent and Wex Texas Intermediate over the past few years. Mm-hmm. And you saw a huge Price differential, like twenty, thirty dollars between the per- the dollar, uh, the price, excuse me, for a, a barrel of Brent versus a barrel of West Texas Intermediate, and that had to do with a lot of geopolitical things that we're talking about. We had a ban on oil exports in the United States. We had insufficient infrastructure to get all that new oil coming online mm-hmm. actually to a refiner, and so prices fell through the floor. And so to say that you know it's a hundred and twenty dollar Brent price doesn't mean a lot for a lot of people. I mean, it could be something completely different. Mm. And also, you know, oil prices mean different things for different companies. If you look at a refiner or a chemical manufacturer, when they see cheap oil, they're like, this is great. You know, our feedstock costs are cheaper, we're going to have higher margins, and it's going to look absolutely fantastic for them. Right. Versus producers are going to go, oh, crap, we've got to sell for nothing. <laughs> Okay. All right. This is good. I like this high-level look at oil, but let's let's uh, dig down. Ha, puns. I know. Mm. Uh, a little deeper here. As an investor, why? How can I take into account the price of oil? Should I take into the pri- uh, account the price of oil? I, I mean, it would be completely ridiculous for me to say that don't pay attention to the oil, price of oil at all. Everybody would just turn this off and say <laughs> you're an idiot. Right. But I think that a lot of people base their entire investment thesis on the price of oil and where it will go. And I think that is a really bad way to look at the industry. Hmm. You know, if, if we have seen anything, you know, oil and prices are influenced by those hundreds of factors like we just talked about. And it's a po- impossible to account for them. So for you to say... I'm going to make this judgment because I think oil prices are going to go up or they're going to go down. That could c- completely be thrown on its head. And I, I, I remember an article like probably about a year ago. It, it was this. Uh, it was from somebody, uh, some other pr- uh, publisher. I can't remember one. I, I, and I don't want to name names at the same time. <laughs> and it was very, it was very, very long. It was almost tome-like length mm. on why the price of oil was going to drop like significantly down to like 60 to 80 dollars from where it is today and if you read it you were like yeah this guy really knows his stuff and then i think the next day um isis invaded iraq and took over an oil refinery and just everything went the wrong way and it's like there are so many variables that you cannot control Mm. That trying to base your investment thesis simply on the price of oil, especially somebody who may be, you know, 
quick to react when things don't go the right way, mm-hmm. it's a very dangerous fire to play with. Understandable. Okay, so what should we take into account? I think there's really two things you have to look at. And, you, you know, being very long-term themed investor, you can look at the long-term demand for oil. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we look out between now and 2040, just about uh, all the integrated majors and as well as the uh, U.S. Energy Information Administration, the IEA, almost everybody, is projecting that between now and 2040, we're going to need about 40% more oil per day mm. than what we have right now. You know, you've got developing uh, countries in China and in India. Certain parts of Africa are growing even faster than those, mm-hmm. uh, as well as population blowing up in these areas. So, and they are moving more towards the middle class. And as that happens, they need oil for transportation and, and what else they need it, for, whatever else they need it for. So you have that major common thread looking way out into the long term. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there are a lot of unique sectors within the oil and gas industry that have a lot of drivers, but I think there's really one common thread that you can look at to identify a good business in this industry. And it's those who can generate free cash flow from continuing operations. Mm -hmm. You know, this is an extremely capital-intense business. You look at, you know, the combination of ExxonMobil, Chevron, and all those other big guys. They they can spend several hundred billion dollars a year Mm -hmm. in in capital investments. And so those companies, if they can, despite all of this large spending, can still generate surplus cash from their operations and not have to sell off assets and do other things to kind of juice their returns. If they can do that, then I think you've identified a really good business, regardless of the price of oil, that will be a good long-term investment for you. Hmm. Okay, so last but not least, give us a, a give the people out there, the investors out there, a takeaway with the price of oil at $100. It might drop. Maybe there's a contrarian play there. Oh, what's your takeaway? I think, yeah, I, I, I kind of like, like that contrarian idea of oil prices are starting to go low. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, if, you know, when I look at my investment thesis, I have a deca- decades-long inve- investment thesis where I can sit on something for years, let dividend reinvestment, just you know, multiply my uh, investment that way. So, yes, I look at falling oil prices as an opportunity, but, you know, everyone shouldn't just jump into any indiscriminate oil uh, company, like Mm -hmm. I just identified ExxonMobil, just because oil prices are dropping. I think, you know, as an example, ExxonMobil is down about 5% over the past few months. Mm. Um, But to put it in a little bit more perspective, they have a a price-to-earnings ratio of about Mm 12.5, when their historical valuation is still about a point lower. Mm. So you're still paying a premium despite that they've still gone down. So I think that, yeah, you can look at an opportunity, and it's a great time to really start doing your research and digging as those oil prices fall. But don't be quick to pull the trigger just simply because oil's been dropping. Makes a lot of sense. All right, thank you so much. That was actually really informative. I'm not an energy expert, but you sound like one at least. Well, maybe we'll get better with time. Maybe, you know, we'll do this again sometime. All right, for Tyler Crow, I'm Mark Reith. That's it for this edition of WTMI. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have a special offer for our WTMI uh, investors and viewers out there. Uh, If you head over to WTMI.fool.com, you'll get a special offer for Stock Advisor. It's our flagship service run by the founders of The Motley Fool, Tom and David Gardner. They've done so well over the last, over a decade, they've, they've tripled the market's returns. Uh, and we've got a special offer for our viewers. So if you head over to WTMI.fool.com, give it a look. Maybe you see something you like. Either way, just keep on coming back. We'll be here next week. 